This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're now listening to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Insurance, it's a crucial part of any good financial plan and it's more than just the life insurance that you hear about, the medical cards you're asked to buy or the critical illness cover that you're asked to consider. More importantly, it's not just for individuals. Businesses need insurance as well. Whether it's a big corporate entity or a micro SME, insurance can help protect your business. Now, we're talking about things here as simple as insuring the uh, assets that you have in your business from events like fires and floods or even potential interruptions to business and revenue. Unfortunately, uh, insurance is a complex topic for many business owners and individuals. So today on Open for Business, I'm speaking with Sharyan Raj, co-founder and CEO of Senang Insurance, an insurtech that's trying to make insurance easier for businesses and individuals. Sharyan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roshan. Really appreciate it. So Sharyan, let's begin this conversation with you, right? Because I think uh, founders can be the difference between a startup going the distance or faltering. Tell us a bit about what you were doing before this mm-hmm. and the journey towards starting Senang. Okay, uh, so prior to uh, starting Senang, I was with an insurance company, a German insurance company for a few years. I was a management associate and then I left uh, to join my family business. So one of my family businesses was an insurance agency as well. But we mainly specialize in corporate transactions or what we call corporate bonds. So I was there for a few years and I'm still there. And then when, when I'm there, I was thinking, okay, how do I make this, how do I grow the business from 5 to 5x, 10x, 20x? Yeah, with corporate projects, it takes at least one six months to one year to get one project in. So I figured, let's go online. That's the whole reason why I started Senang. It's just I figured, okay, I want to grow the business, and I figured the best way to do it is do it online. Yeah. Right. So the you know a lot of times businesses do uh, product market fit research or at least market analysis to kind of feel, all right, is there a market for me to go and start this business? Right. But for you, because of the family business, you kind of have anecdotal evidence to see that okay, there is. It's not that there's a market we're trying to address. We're trying to make it easier for the current market to get this solution. Is that about right? Uh, yes, it is uh, technically right. Uh, but then um, we did a lot of mistakes at the start as well. Uh, when we first started off, we thought uh, everybody will wake up in the morning to buy insurance. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's never the case. <laughs> <laughs> and after one month of spending on Google Ads, we realized nobody wakes up in the morning to buy insurance. And that's when I uh, started to work on Sunang, where we realized that, okay, insurance should be sold at a point of checkout. How do we make that happen? So that's where we came about this on-demand API-based solution where we connect to various distribution companies at the point of checkout. Right. So an example of uh, distribution on checkout would be, for example, uh, when you book a grab ride right now. I've noticed this where they sell you insurance cover at the point where you're about to make your purchase, right? Do you want, I don't know what it's called, ride cover or something for an additional 10 cents, uh, which is where the insurance market is going, right? All these microtransactions here. So you're subscribing to that insurance policy for the duration of your ride. Um, that's the market you're trying to, or that's what uh, Senang is trying to do as well, right? You're trying to enable those kind of things. Yes, correct. We started off with that, actually. Uh, we started off, we were one of the first in the market to do the on-demand API, right? Before even Grab did it. <laughs> so we did it with a lot more other uh, Malaysian-based startup companies, uh, covering their rides, covering their freelancers, covering even their cleaning jobs. So whenever you break something during cleaning, I win cover you during cleaning as well. Yeah, so from there, we expanded to not just cover on-demand, we also cover the whole one-year insurance suits. For example, we, cre- we co-created products such as uh, device insurance where we pair it with IT retailers 
So when you buy an Apple or you buy a Samsung or you buy a Lazada, immediately you get a device insurance included as well. So for my inventory, I can protect it for the duration that's with me. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay, so I guess that's where the term subscription on demand comes from, right? Because I was looking at your website, I was doing a bit of research, of course, and I was looking at this on-demand subscription. What on earth does this mean? Uh, Now I'm kind of getting a feel for it, right? Because essentially what the business can do is you're subscribing for the insurance policy when you want and for what you want for a specific duration. So, for example, again, like the Grab example, I'm subscribing for the duration um, of that car ride and that's why it's still on demand because I'm choosing uh, when to do it. Um, because it otherwise feels a bit oxymoronic. Maybe you could give us a bit of a feel for the current offerings that Sanang has. Because you started off just catering to businesses and SMEs, but you've kind of gone into the individual market as well. Okay, before I go there, I think best if I explain the vision of Sanang first. Sure. I think um, where we see the vision of Sanang is that we want to enable businesses, corporates, and SMEs and startup to ha- create an ancillary revenue through insurance. I mean, through insurance, right. you can now, uh, through our technology, you can now upsell insurance to your database of customers. So one of the products is on demand, but we just don't limit ourselves to that. For example, we are very much active in the cooperative sector, the cooperacies, where we work with a lot of cooperacies. How we work with them? A lot of cooperacies give their what you call uh, financing to their staff members, to their cooperative members and other stuff. We created a technology solution that enables the cooperative member to now purchase a car insurance, a home insurance, a life insurance, and then pay it off via salary deductions, all integrated. We work with, I think, close to uh, the biggest uh, energy giant in Malaysia, which I don't mention the name, but I think <laughs> you know who. Uh, and then we work, uh, we're launching with uh, the biggest planting uh, planter settlement company in Malaysia as well, launching in a, in a few months' time as well. So this is one of the things that we do. Right. And all these are essentially um, either transactions that are broken down or microtransactions, which is where the insurance space seems to be going because uh, premiums uh, usually because the annual premiums or even monthly premiums are quite big ticket items for a lot of people. Um, But there are other things to be insured in our individual lives here. Um, A big part of this story seems to be that because uh, you don't underwrite the insurance policies, of course, at this point. You're a distributor, a digitalized broker in a lot of ways. A lot of it seems to stem from the technology part of it, um, whether it's from your, your merchant portal or your API. Now, the API part I find quite interesting because that's what's enabling all this on uh, at checkout uh, processes. So tell us a little bit about the API and also the merchant portal. All right. So for the API, we have two parts of it. Uh, one is um, we build a digital bridge, an API that connects the distribution uh, players to sell any types of insurance that are catered to their market. For example, if you're a cleaning company, you're a cleaning app, then we'll offer you cleaning insurance to cover you on the job cleaning. If you're a freelancing app, we'll offer you a uh, PA app. If you're an e-wallet that has a big sizable base of uh, Moto Moto database, we'll offer you a multi-tier API for car insurance. So what I mean by multi-tier API, for example, I connect to over 10 of the best insurance companies in Malaysia, and you just connect to me. If you once you connect uh, to Senang, immediately you get access to over ten insurance companies. You don't have to do any type of uh, licensing uh, approval to Bank Negara's. Uh, what do you call uh, getting the approvals of the insurance company? Immediately you're selling ten over insurance companies uh, products in your app already. And that's done through you because you have the licensing. Uh, yes, we do have licensing. So what we do is uh, we work through the corporate agency model and we have uh, partners that are in the broking space as well. Right. So it's essentially, let's say, for example, I'm an e-wallet and I'm your customer. Uh, I can now sell insurance policies from these 10 
uh, insurance players uh, through my app, but it's powered by Senang essentially. Yes, correct. So if you look at it, uh, we have power over 65 uh, technology players in Malaysia. Uh, until today, uh, uh, if you do a research, none of the 65 uh, uh, players, their, their end customer don't even know we exist. So I guess when we take all this into consideration, right, would it be fair to say that Senang is uh, essentially a platform that acts as a digitalized broker, attempting to bridge the gap between the end user and insurance providers with co-created insurance products? Is that the TLDR of what Senang is? You got it. Now, the thing is, other players can do this as well, right? With time and money, of course, they can also enter the space, co-create products with, with providers and distribute them digitally. This could be a key risk ahead for your margins and your business model going forward. Is there much of a moat here to protect your business from getting commoditized? Okay, so that's a very good question. Actually, we get that from a lot of uh, from a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of investors as well. Uh, yes, of course, a lot of <laughs> investors as well. So the thing is, uh, first we have the first mover advantage, and usually when you integrate to a, a platform, a digital platform, they have taken the time and spend and the effort to integrate with you. So for for them to make a switch change is actually a very very hard process because they have to redo the whole process. It takes up to six months to one year. Okay, first and foremost. Secondly, what we're be- beginning to see in the market is that oh, yes, there is um, there's a rise of micro insurance, uh, on-demand insurance and all, uh, all of that. But we're beginning to see that a lot of distribution partners want to offer multi-micro insurance product but from multi-providers. For example, uh, tomorrow a digital insurance company becomes uh, comes uh, alive and they, they are able to offer the same products at us, exactly do the same API integration with us. We are not worried at all because at the end of the day, they can come and integrate with us and we'll offer that option to the uh, our partners. Now, we're seeing a lot of digital insurance come up, right? Uh, Dear Time is one example of that. Is the name of the game to just be platform and then work with everybody or at some point are you going to go down the road of underwriting your own insurance products? Uh, Okay, I'll never say I'll never, I'm not keen. <laughs> one, one will never say no, right? You know. Uh, but the thing is, right now we want to stick where we are good at. So where we are good at is being the platform game. Uh, we are open to work with anyone. A uh, few few consortiums have approached us as well to be part of their Dito applications as well. But we are considering mm. it. Uh, where we really see potential is that um, not just on the licensing itself. Uh, where we are currently doing is actually where we're becoming the platform, but we're also providing the re-takaful and reinsurance services as well through our. Uh, through our broking partners so this way my take or my margins are increasing regardless of the license or what Sharon for those so you mentioned the word DITO just now right DITO which is the Digital Insurance and Takaful Operators um for those who may not be familiar with this, could you tell us a little bit about it? Okay, so Dito is a, is a licensing framework by Bank Negara. Uh, they came up with a draft framework last year, and I think they're supposed to come up with a final framework this year, June or end of the year, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, sometime this year. Yep, correct. So uh, it allows you to become an insurance, digital insurance player. But of course, there's a lot of set of regulations as well. You need to become profitable within a set number of years. You need to have a very huge amount of capital. You need to, you need to be targeting the B40s and uh, mm. the underserved, you know, and all this stuff. So There's a CSR element to it as well. Yes, man. Massive CSI element to it as well. Right. Uh, and of course, that I think is commonly known as the sandbox too uh, to a lot of uh, players. Yes, correct. Now, we'll be continuing this discussion in just a bit. I've been speaking with Sharyan Raj, co-founder and CEO of Sanang Insurance. And you've been listening to Open for Business on BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. 
Good morning and welcome back to Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. I'm Roshan Kanisan and this morning I've been speaking with Sharon Raj, co-founder and CEO of Sanang Insurance. Uh, Sharon, in the first half, we set up the lay of the land when it comes to what Sanang is trying to do, why it's trying to do it and what the future could kind of look like, right? Are you going to, uh, I asked you basically whether you're going to go down the digital insurance route and you were like, oh, we'll see. I'm never going to say never, but right now let's focus on what we are currently doing. Focusing on what you're currently doing, let's take a look at the top and bottom lines here. First up, what kind of revenue growth have you seen since you went live in early 2019? Okay, so... Uh we're fairly young, I think less than uh, going to be five years this year. Uh, so in terms of when we first started off 2019, in, uh, it was our first year. You know, it was a pilot year, seed year, where we did a lot of mistakes and our <laughs> revenue was not that great, to be very frank. In 2020, where we grew, in spite of COVID, we grew by 4x. 2021, we grew by another 4x. And uh, as of 2022, when we closed our numbers, we have grown by 6.5x, actually. So we are now doing upwards of, uh, I would say, seven digits or uh, GWV. We closed uh, a seven I think seven digits GMV or gross return premiums last year already and this year we expect to hit another 5x growth in spite of the recession uh, because we have strategic projects lined up this year, you're looking at um, 5x growth, as you mentioned. Um, what about profitability? Are you targeting that this year? Yes, 5x growth in top line. And top uh, line. I'm really, we are, we, are, we are pushing very hard to be profitable by June this year as well All in right. Malaysia. To have that 5x growth this year, you mentioned strategic initiatives, strategic projects. Um, what kind of projects are we looking here to drive that growth? Okay, so we are launching in Singapore, I think, in uh, first quarter this year for one project with a uh, transportation partner. Mm -hmm. And then uh, apart from that, we have, we have a few new insurance products that we're launching. We're launching Cyber Liability, where it covers, you know, there's a big rise of cyber scams right now. Yeah. So we are launching a micro cyber liability for 10 ringgit only, working with a number of uh, cyber security companies and universities as well to distribute this product. And uh, we are launching uh, event liabilities as well. If you look at it, nowadays, every other day, there's a wedding mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, a, there's a wedding, there's a funeral, there's a, there's, everybody seems to be having events. So we have creating something called like an event liability that covers for weddings, etc. And lastly, I think by end of the fourth quarter, we will be launching a unique pet insurance model that does identification using, not using microchips or collar, but using a certain part of the pet's body. That's very interesting. As uh, as a pet owner who has uh, pet insurance, I can say that you've caught my attention there. You also caught my attention with the wedding insurance, so I'll be sure to pay attention to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, uh, profitability is one thing, Sharon. Uh, let's talk about cash flow, right? Is are you expecting the business to be cash flow positive by the mid-year as well? Uh, so that will take slightly longer because we're expanding rapidly. In a, uh, We're trying to expand to another country, uh, not just Singapore, to another country in Southeast Asia by this year. Mm -hmm. So, um, But we have plans to do a Series A funding and we already found a lead investor, uh, hoping to close it by, I think, first half of the year. All right. Any expectations? I'm sure the investors are asking you as well. Um, any ex what are the, what's the timeline to cash flow positive? Uh, so I think we have good investors on board. I think we have Artem Ventures. Uh, we have uh, Hive, we have uh, Lee Ventures as well. For example, Arthur Ventures, they have assisted us a lot in terms of introductions, in terms of uh, product strategy and all the stuff. They have helped us with um, the strategy of getting to a few big partners. They have been uh, handheld hand us in building our HR guidebook <laughs> and all that stuff. So they have been very, very helpful. Helping with the professionalization, essentially. Yes, correct, which is very important because as founders, you know, we are not really... <laughs> No, that's that's really important, right? Because I find uh, uh, from you know just reading and research and the, the conversations that we've had, early stage investors can be as important as the co-founders that you have, right? In yes, a lot correct. Of ways. On that note, actually, let's pivot this conversation over to funding. Um, 
let's start off with this, right? How much did you and your co-founder put into the business uh, when you guys started? Uh, to be very honest, not that much. Uh, we, like I said, I was in the insurance line before this, so I knew the ways to get it out to get the insurance mm. company's approval with minimal uh, funds. So I would say less than uh, six digits. Right. And how much has Senang raised so far? Uh, you're doing a Series A at this point. So in pre-seed funding, how much are we talking about? So our, pre- our pre-seed funding was uh, not that much. I think uh, if you we got money from LEED, which is an, uh, a true accelerator, and then we got an angel investor in. And then we got two grants, one by Cradle and one by United Nations. And then we closed our pre-Series A last year uh, through the Hive and Panjana Capital mm. and Alton Ventures as well. They came in through our pre-A round. And then we have another... Uh, uh, what they call regional venture capital that is coming in for a pre-A round as well. So in terms of total funding, I can't give you an exact amount, but it's uh, less than 10 million ringgit. What are you looking for in your next investors going forward? Uh Aside from money, of course. <laughs> <laughs> my, my money is always number one. But then uh, the, the the good thing about this is that our current investors want to jump into the current round as well. Mm. So we may not even have to look outside. <laughs> right, That's okay. the good thing about because we've been growing. And what the good thing about our in current uh, set of our shareholders and investors is that we have a WhatsApp group with them. Uh, every week we update them and every week they'll be giving us connections. We have, for example, Artem, every other week they have a session with us to give us connections and uh, updates. Hive will have that updates as well. Uh, Lead Ventures uh, also does all of these events and make us participate in it. So to us, we uh, 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 if you're putting money into the business, you have you have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's in their best interest to make us succeed. You know, so I think to any potential future investors that want to come into Senang, I think we want to see that as well. What more can you bring in apart from money? Because uh, we have existing investors that can pump capital to the company. And speaking of Series A, what's the goal for the funding round? Uh, so I will say the 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 usage of funds actually, uh, to be more exact, is for regional expansion uh, because we have got products, uh, got reinsurance or read Takaful that is able to spot us in the whole Southeast Asia. So how do I bring these products to other countries? And I've got and I've got Malaysian-based distribution partners that have presence in other countries as well. So I want to utilize that. All right. So that's one avenue of growth going ahead. What other opportunities do you see in the space going forward? Have you or have you pretty much covered all your main goals for this year so far? Uh I mean, when you mean what our growth avenues, I mean, mm. is to stick to what we do best is mirror marketing. I mean, for example, if I launch with an e-wallet for a certain product, I want to go to all the e-wallets in the market for that product. Mm-hmm. If I'm launching cyber liability, I want to launch, target all the cybersecurity companies in Malaysia. So um, that's how we attack the market or that's how we get the market growth. In terms of uh, new revenue sources, uh, of course, we're looking into it uh, because we realize we have uh, integrated to various distribution partners of various type sizes and industries. We realize that we can do much more than just insurance already. We can even some other do it EKYC as well mm. because we've got so many types of industries and my API is already all connected. I have all the data there. Is your scope limited to only insurance? No, not at all. Uh, initially, we thought we were, uh, but then uh, especially in the last one and a half years, uh, we knew we can do a lot more than just insurance with our existing API partnerships. Right. And have I'm sure you've, uh, in your own meetings, uh, whether between you and your co-founder and the team or with your, uh, your key partners, I'm sure these topics have come up in meetings, right? Yes. What's the... Once you've done all what you need to do in the insurance space, is have you guys identified the next area for Senang to go into? Uh, we have 
technically identified. We put we put, we put on a roadmap. Uh, we want to do something or do a pilot by end end of this year. Yeah. What so, area do you want to tell me yet, lah? Uh, not yet, lah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for another day then, Sharon. Um, now we've talked a lot about the upside, challenges ahead, Sharon, because um, I like what you're doing. I think it sounds exciting, but. Um, the reality is most startups don't survive in the longer run, right? If you look at it on an aggregate kind of level here, um, what are the key challenges ahead for Senang and how are you planning to address them? Uh, okay, so the first part of the, um, surviving, uh, if you look at it, our team is actually quite lean. We have really a team of 13 people. Mm-hmm. Our majority is tech-based. And for the amount of tech we have built, integrations we have built to over 10 to insurance companies with uh, all the licensing requirements, it's actually very, it's a, it's a miracle that my team is still with me at the same size <laughs> for, the past two, for the past two years. I'm grateful for that. In terms of uh, challenges ahead, I think the next big challenge will be uh, talent as we expand to um, different countries and we expand to new products. As we expand the new parts, getting the right talent on board is very important. As you know, um, the other countries, the Singapore's and that offer better salaries for tech developers. So mm. that is that is one major, I would say, bottleneck that we are facing. Well. Yeah, because if you're, uh, are your tech developers based in Malaysia? Yeah, all of them is based in Malaysia. Everything we do is in-house. In-house. But as you go overseas, are you looking to, as you expand, are you then looking to maybe centralize tech in Singapore or something like that? Or are you still, like the aim is still to maintain it here? The current aim is to maintain it here. Uh, for now, the majority of revenue source comes from the Malaysian market. So we want to maintain it here. As we see the revenue source beginning to be beginning to expand to other countries, then yes, we'll look into that at that point in time. Okay. Now, let's wrap this conversation up by a look, because uh, we're talking about challenges right now. One of the main challenges ahead, of course, is a lot of this concern over economic, uh, a, a slowdown in economic growth, uh, which could mean a recession. Typically, recessions, we see businesses cutting costs, uh, austerity, austerity measures. And one key way, uh, maybe on the individual side, is people tend to, for cash flow purposes, they tend to reduce their insurance payments. How are you guys planning to manage this possibility, right? Is this a clear threat to your growth in 2023? Uh, I think it's an opportunity, actually. Because <laughs> if you look at it, my vision, uh, this is the vision of Senang, is to enable corporates, SME startup to create ancillary revenue through insurance. Mm-hmm. If, it's your, if, you're, if you're in a recession, you're not making money, you want to find new ways to make money. That's why we come in. Right. But what if people aren't buying that insurance, right? If Because at the end of the day, even if it's checkout insurance or mm-hmm. it's an ancillary revenue, it's still a choice that the end consumer has. So while it is a possibility, um, a possible way to generate ancillary revenue, um, what if people just, for austerity measures, for example, again, this is all just very psychological. Um, if they choose to save money instead of spending the extra 10 cents to get right cover on Grab or something, they're like, mm, I can save that 10 cents. I mean, it's obviously, this is a very minor example here. Um, but for bigger ticket items, people may skip the insurance. How do you continue this uh, this 5x growth that you're looking at, even as economic headwinds look the other way? I think the key word here is embedded. <laughs> so uh, we are embedding our insurance products to the offerings already. For example, uh, a big example that we like to sh- showcase here is that uh, loans. So as as people get into recession, they need loans, micro micro loans, big loans, and all the stuff. I'm embedding non-repayment loan insurance into the loan as well. So and it might be an economic headwind, it might be an economic recession, but people are we are seeing a huge take up of loans already, and then we are our insurance are automatically embedded inside there. So. So to us, of course, I'm not being bullish. I'm not being a very uh, sarcastic and all that. But we feel that recession is actually a very big potential for us. Let's wrap it up with this question then. By this time next year, what are you aiming Sanang Insurance to look like at this point? Uh, at this point next year, uh, we'll be 
we'll have presence in three, at least three countries, and not just a presence in in form of a website, <laughs> but, but but an actual performing uh, company with actual revenues, and uh, we'll be very much in the insurance the, or in the insure tech space making headline. All right, Sharon, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Roshan. Have a good day. I was speaking with Sharon Raj, co-founder and CEO of Sanang Insurance, and you've been listening to Open for Business on BFM. 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.